Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. I got a few words. Thanks, band. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Is anybody glad? Yeah? All right. Come on. There's lots of reasons to be glad. Maybe you woke up today. Maybe you're sad. You're like, oh, I wanted to keep sleeping. I get it. All right. Well, let's pray. And let's dive in here. Why don't you guys come on forward? On the edge of your seat. Let's lean in. Let's be expectant on what God wants to do today and for what he wants to speak to us. So, Father, we approach you boldly in the name of Jesus because you sit on a throne of grace that we may approach to get help in time of need. And like children, we are here to say, God, we need you. Come on, all over the room. God, we need you. Yeah. We can't do this without you. We are in need of your grace, Father. We are in need of your love. We are in need of of everything that you have to offer us. The words of life, as, as your son repeated to us. God, help us have ears to hear. Help us not to see through things that have happened to us before, but to come with a fresh perspective. And it's all in the name of Jesus that we... Say amen. We pray and say amen Amen. on all who believed it. Okay, well, um, I'm going to do my best to make this this, uh, three-hour message short. You guys feeling okay today? Y'all look good. I'm telling you, y'all look good. This room a little better than that side, but, you know, just teasing, just teasing. Um, How many of you guys think faith is important? How many of you guys know that uh, Hebrews eleven six says that faith what it what pleases God? Faith pleases God. If you don't have that written down, if you don't remember that, that's an important one. That faith pleases God. Um, we're we're supposed to come to God in faith, believing that He is who He says He is, that He's going to do what He says He's going to do. But so many times, and I, I love how Peter talked about this a couple weeks ago. So many times there are gaps where we know that these are the, this is the way that things are supposed to be, but it's not how things are. And so I want to talk to you about having a faith that's anchored today, because how many of you guys know that in life, you go through trials, you go through tribulations, there's storms, but we have a hope in Jesus. Jesus promises in Matthew 16, that you're going to have trouble in life. But he said, know this, that the trouble is not there to take you out. And so that's a loose paraphrase, but you can turn to Acts chapter 27, and we're going to start in the 17th verse, and we're reading about a story uh, about the guy, a uh, guy you might have heard of. His name is Apostle Paul, and he wrote over um, half of the New Testament, which is um, not a small feat by the, any stretch of the imagination. Anyways, um, this guy was uh, in chains, and um, his life um, had been pretty rough um, in so many different ways. And so if maybe you're thinking this morning that we're looking at a Bible hero who doesn't know what you're facing, Paul knows. Um, maybe you, um, you feel like this is irrelevant um, or that um, this is just for uh, um, people who need a crutch, but Paul was a smart guy. This guy had doctorates, PhDs, um, and you can read about that in the Bible, actually. It's, it's kind of interesting that a lot of things are recorded historically, and you can find facts about what happened during this um, period of time outside of the Bible. But there's a lot written about this guy inside of the Bible, and so it's important that we take note of these things. Um, but all that to be said is that um, this guy was dealing with a rough period of time. As a matter of fact, in verse 17, we read that, then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it because they were going through a storm. It says they were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of Sirtis off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. Verse 18 says, the next day as gale force winds continued to batter the ship. And I love the adjectives that describe 
the storm, about what was going on. This, this tells us, this paints a picture that um, this was not just a bump in the road. Come on, somebody say bump in the road. We've all, we've all got bumps. In fact, you probably endured a little bumps this morning about maybe your alarm clock or, you know, maybe the kids or you didn't have breakfast, whatever that may be. But this was not that. This says that um, the next day, verse 18, uh, the crew began throwing cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. Other translations say that uh, by their own hands, they took the... Uh, the stuff and threw it overboard. Verse 20 says, the terrible storm raged on for many days. Somebody say many days. Many days. This is morning, noon, and night. There was, uh, think about this. Think about a category hurricane, hurricane, a category five hurricane, many days and nights, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last, somebody help me out here with this part, all hope was gone. All hope. I want to skip to the 22nd verse because Paul states something here that's really important. He says, but take courage. Somebody say, take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Hallelujah. Even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, don't be afraid. Uh, this is a really important commandment that we, we take to heart, especially concerning the days that we live in. Don't be afraid, for surely you will stand trial before Caesar. And this is important because why? His purpose was greater than the pain. That what you are going through is for a purpose. What you have endured is for a purpose. It's only that, that we uh, have a perspective and our faith is anchored in the wrong thing, uh, the right thing so that we don't get focused on being anchored in what hasn't happened or way, the way we thought it was going to look like. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Okay, verse 29. At this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out, how many? Four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out the anchors from the front of the ship. How many of you guys have ever wanted to escape a storm? Hello. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldier, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. Four anchors. Verse 29 says that they threw out four anchors. Apparently, being anchored in a storm, even in the natural, is a very important component. I don't know hardly anything about sailing or being on a ship, but we can read through this story that there are some certain things that they did going through the storm. And I believe it's a very important thing for you and I that our lives are anchored properly to the right things, that we don't just anchor, throw anchors out to anything, that our, our job is a, a security for many of us. Hello. That, that our money is a security, our family, relationships, all these different things. Uh, but it's important that our, our faith is anchored in the right things. And so I want to get to that. But before I do, I'd like to use a story to talk to you about the importance uh, of how being improperly anchored can be detrimental. And this is a true story, um, a sad story, I'm afraid. But I believe that by seeing this story, we can take some very important notes to heart, learning from other people's um, lessons. Um, this is an old story. It took place back in 2009, so it's been many, many years now, but there were uh, a couple NFL players um, who were out um, on the Gulf of Mexico fishing, um, which is not uncommon even here for our area, and um, they were out with a couple friends, and they... Um, decided that during uh, the late afternoon, I think uh, the story reads about five o'clock, um, they needed to uh, pull up the anchor and head back inland because they saw a storm brewing. And we all know that storms come, they happen. But in the process of beginning to pull up the anchor, it got stuck. As a matter of fact, the story reads that um, because the anchor was stuck, they tried to throttle the boat and ended up capsizing it. And these were big, burly NFL guys. And they, they tried to uh, pull the boat back over, but were unsuccessful. 
Um, and as a matter of fact, after um, two days, only one of them survived. Um, of course, an investigation was opened because these were guys under contract by the NFL. And after um, uh, the conclusion, actually the headline of the report says, report, boat not properly anchored. The investigation said it concluded that this incident took place and was caused when the vessel was improperly anchored. And at the end of the report, again, it states, and we read that overall, it's just a mistake in anchoring. It's just a mistake in anchoring. And I believe that I can look around and I can see that because of broken friendships and marriages and lives in general, that because anchors were in the wrong thing or they were improperly anchored, that so many times our lives will drift because of the life that we live. Life has a way of causing you to, to drift if you're not properly anchored. And it's so important that each and every single aspect and area of our life are anchored because I believe that God has a desire for us to not just go through storms, but to grow through them. And I encourage you to, to write that down, to take that to heart, because I, like you, realize that it's uncomfortable to go through storms, that it's not easy. Come on, don't lie in church. We don't like storms. We don't like trials. We don't like things that are uncomfortable, but I believe that these things are, are for a purpose. As a matter of fact, I'll, um, I wanna talk to you about another story that helps prove this point. And uh, this story, uh, you'll forgive me, I don't remember exactly how long ago this was, but um, this is about a, um, an ecosystem called Biosphere 2. Uh, some of you may have uh, heard of this story or been familiar with it. Um, and this, uh, this self-contained ecosystem um, included everything that you could think of as far as the de desert, rainforest, and these scientists who, who started this lived there, they ate there, they slept there, um, and, and it was completely self-contained. Nobody came in or out for two years. And ultimately, this science experiment failed, though, because they failed to create wind. And for people like me who are not terribly uh, learned or smart, we um, don't necessarily appreciate wind, um, especially during a storm. However, it plays such a vital and imperative role to this place that we live called Earth. The way that they learned that wind was so important to their, exper their experiment was when trees began to grow at a rapid rate and started bending and falling over, literally. What a funny sight to imagine, a tree bending over, but not snapping and breaking. There's something really interesting that takes place during storms, and even when light breezes flow, as, as of course you understand, trees don't just naturally become 100 feet tall. Even at a, a small age, trees are bending. You understand this, of course. We see the leaves and the, you know, the small limbs on the trees swaying. And something really interesting happens when this takes place. Trees produce something called reaction or stress wood. And I'm not trying to tell you that your life needs to build stress. That's not my point. But I will tell you this, that storms help build something on the inside of you. They help build our strength in, in what we are anchored to. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. The Bible reads, your life, every part and component of your life is going to be shaken at some point or another. 
And so these storms, they help build our strength, our faith, our confidence, our praise, our prayer life, our dependency upon God ultimately. What you have gone through, what you're going through, what you will go through is for a purpose. And I hope, I pray to God that you understand that. That, that, that there is meaning in, in the message of your life. There is so much meaning to everything that you go through. I want to talk to you um, really quickly about three things to, to do when going through a storm. Some things to help you weather where you are going, weather what you are going through, and whether even what you have gone through before. I believe that it's so important that we do not just continue to cast off where we have come from and pretend like it didn't happen, like it doesn't affect us. And so you may not be going through a storm this morning, but you may have gone through some storms that really battered and bruised you. And I want you to take to heart the words of, of our Lord and Savior truly, as we read from his word, starting in verse 17, it says that um, the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. And I've got some rope up here, which is hardly substantial as to what it would have looked like um, for a, a ship the size that they were traveling on because it would have been much thicker. However, I don't think it was nylon. That being said, what would take place and um, Blake, would you put that scripture up there on the screen for me? What would take place as, as they took this rope? And you, could, you read this. It says that they braced up the ship, verse 17. And they would tie it down to one side of the ship. And they would take it all the way underneath. A sailor would have to dive off the ship and pull it up from underneath and tie it up to the other side, undergirding or bracing up the ship. And so the number one thing that you and I need to do when going through a storm, point one now, is to brace up the ship. Brace up. Somebody say brace up. Brace up. Take the word of God, which is your rope, and fill up your mind Fill up your mouth with the word of God. In other words, what I believe God would encourage each and every single one of us to do is to take, up, take that word and tie it around those areas of our life that may have sprung a leak. You have to think about this naturally speaking now, and, and you, can even, you could even use terms as, as though um, houses in our area go through. Point one now, guys. Brace up. Thanks. How our homes and our cars go through extreme wind and rain, and we have wind-driven rain. And if we do not repair those areas of our home, those areas of our life, those areas of our mind, where the enemy has penetrated, come on, with the weather of life, with the, the storms of his attacks, hello, and we do not undergird those areas of our mind, of our heart, of our life, with his word, what can happen is they will end up breaking apart much like the ship would if they did not undergird it, much like our homes if we do not repair those, those uh, shingles that have blown off. Come on. And so you and I need to fill up our mind because why what happens is if we do not repair those areas, if we do not tighten those areas where the boards have become loose, then the water begins to fill up those cracks and those crevices of our mind and our life and our hearts. Uh, 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 offense, unforgiveness, bitterness, all these, these different things. And so it's so important that you and I brace up. Come on, somebody say, brace up. Brace up, brace up those areas of our life. Grab that rope, this, this lifeline, if you will. God's word, the thing that can help secure you, the, the thing that can help strengthen each and every single one of us. Because your mind, it does grow weak. It does grow weary, especially when we do go through the, those moments and, and periods of time in our life when the storm just keeps hammering, it keeps battering. I, I, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe, maybe it's a, a kid, a family member, a spouse who's, who's been going through a, a tough time. And, and you're wondering, you're feeling weak. 
and you're wondering, how can I continue to be strong? You need to brace up your mind with the word of God. Isaiah uh, chapter 54, verse 17, in the Passion Translation says this, but I promise you, come on, somebody say, I promise. This is the word of God speaking to us. I promise you, this is something that you can stand on. This is something that you can hold fast to. This is something that you can gird yourself up with. Because God has promised you this. I promise you, no weapon meant to hurt you will succeed. Come on, that's good news. See, the storm's coming. And and God didn't promise that you weren't going to have to go through storms. He promised I'd be there with you in the middle of the storms. And this is just one of, of hundreds of, if not thousands of promises from God's word. Does anybody have any idea how many promises of God there are in his word to his followers, to those who will submit and yield their lives to him, to those who will trust in him? Oh my gosh, we have, we have a, a hope. No weapon meant to hurt you will succeed. You will refute every accusing word spoken against you. I, I was, this word came to mind. Uh, uh, this scripture, if you excuse me. In Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. And I was thinking about it, about how the enemy just constantly attacks you. And I started to realize it's like that water that seeps in and pours through the cracks. And and when this part of the scripture that says that every, every accusing word spoken against you, you will refute. I realize that, that this water, those fiery darts that the enemy tries to throw on you, we can talk about it like, you know, those, those leaks. We have to take authority against that and, and, you know, take those thoughts captive, if you will. We, we, have, to, we have to nail those, those areas short, uh, shut. We have to, to gird up our mind to close those areas so the enemy can't just keep speaking in lies to us. Because why? What happens when water gets inside of a vessel? Well, ultimately it drowns. But you have to understand this, that over a period of time, water weakens everything it touches. And the lies of the enemy will weaken you. Over and over and over. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. In your marriage. Come on, when nobody's looking. In your life. In your your kids. You know what it's like when they come home every day from school. So it's so important that each and every single one of us, we brace up, we gird up our minds with the word of God. That we we hold fast to this assurance. Come on, you can trust in, in this kind of rope. You can't trust in in, in a million years, and a thousand years, this isn't going to be here. But this, my friends, the word of God, forever in the heavens it stands. This is a hope that we can can grab onto. So I encourage you guys, fill up your, your mouth, fill up your mind with the word of God. Brace up, strengthen those areas of your life that have been attacked, where, where the water has weakened the, that, that certain area of your vessel, your life. And grab a hold of these promises. The second thing that we read about is in Acts chapter 27, verse 22 now, that talks about to take courage. Take courage. Somebody say, take courage. The guy who I uh, borrowed this message from uh, uses the point to cheer up. And, and you could easily take that from this passage, although I never found the actual translation of that scripture. But it's important for us to be of good cheer and to take courage, to remain hopeful. Would you not disagree? And and of course, worldly people would say that, those who don't know Jesus. Everybody wants to remain hopeful. The guy on the street corner wants to remain hopeful that he's going to get fed at some point. But there's something about being a follower of Christ and deciding the way you want to look at life, changing your perspective, if you will. I believe that each and every single one of us has a choice to make when we're facing the giants, when we face the mountain, when we're climbing that area. That seems insurmountable. We all have choices to make, do we not? And so I believe that, that in this portion of scriptures, we read about this story that it's so important as we go through storms that we be of good cheer, that we, we take courage, that we remain hopeful. We, we make a resolution, if you will, 
to keep your outlook, keep your perspective positive. Um, a scripture that I'm not very fond of. How many of you guys are, are not fond of some scriptures? Come on. Things that you're like, ooh, I don't want to read that. Um, there's a scripture that talks about um, not complaining, but being thankful. That's hard. That's hard. I don't want to be thankful about this, God. But we can see that, that Paul's resolve in this because of what God's showed him, because of God, what God's spoken to him, because of where he knows that God is taking him. Come on. Where is God calling each and every single one of us? Upward and onward. We have a hope and a confidence, an assurance that, that is unlike anything that can be found here on earth. And it's found in Jesus Christ. And I love what the psalmist wrote. The, the psalmist wrote in Psalms 23, one of my favorite psalms. And that was, uh, I don't know if, Kate, did you get my point too up there? I want to make sure you got that. There you go. There it is. Cheer up and take courage. Psalms 23 now. This is, this is an old covenant. We have a new and better. Somebody say new. Oh, come on. I want you to think about shiny, new, making everybody else jealous, looking better than everybody. Come on, somebody say new. Man, I look good in this new covenant. Man, it's good being here in the new thing. New is always better. The psalmist writes, the Lord is my shepherd. Verse 1, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd to, to guide, to protect Jump into verse four, though. This is the one I really want to hang out with. And again, I find it so amazing that the psalmist who did not have the covenant that we had, who does not have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of him, knew what it meant to take courage. Because he writes this, verse four in the Passion says this. Lord, even when your path, somebody help me out. Your path, somebody say your path. Even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me. No, 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 we need to go back. Lord, even when what? Your path? No, 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 this has got to be the devil. Oh, I'm sure this is me. I did so, I missed it. You're like pouring back over. What happened? The last, I didn't pray enough. I didn't fast enough. I, oh, I went there. I looked at that, watched that. No, 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 no. Pay attention to, to the, the analogy and the picture that we're talking about. The Lord is my shepherd, which means I'm a what? Sheep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm a sheep. The Lord is my shepherd to, to guide me, to protect me, to take care of me. He nurtures me. He value, I'm important. Come on, he leaves the 99 for the one. I'm valuable to God. And even when his path, takes me through the valley of deepest darkness. Fear will never conquer me because you already have. You remain close to me and you lead me through it all the way. Let's not lose sight of who's with us in the storm, who is with them in the fiery furnace, who is with, who is with all, all of the heroes of our faith that we read about, who is with Paul, when they were being shipwrecked, it's easy to feel abandoned. Feel is the key word there. It's, there are so many things that you can feel about the wind and the rain, but there is something important about knowing that you know that you know. It travels from your head to your heart. The knowledge of I'm reading about that God is here in this moment to Everything else does not matter if I don't feel and find him. But it's so challenging to do that when you're in the middle of the storm. And so that's why it's so important that we hold on to something more than just a feeling. And, and, and I, I hate telling you this, but sometimes, sometimes life ain't all about feeling God's presence. Don't get me wrong. I love the presence of God. I love it. Come on. I love it when God shows up. It, it, but... When, when my life is, is on, feeling like I'm being pulled and pushed toward, you know, waves and winds toward the rocks, I have an anchor for my soul. And it says this, that even though your path takes me through deepest and darkest, the valley of deepest darkness, you remain close to me. 
Your authority is my strength, God, and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear, and I'll never be lonely. For why? You are near. So the number two thing that you need to do is to cheer up, take courage, be of good cheer, take heart in the promises of God because he promises to be with you always. The last thing that I want to tell you to do when going through a storm is what verse 18 talks about. Verse 18 of Acts 27 says, The next day, as gale force winds continue to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. And like I said, other translations even talk about how they took the gear by their own hands. They were taking, um, there's a lot of tackle on board of a ship, a lot of uh, different things that, that a ship um, doesn't have that's, that's necessary, uh, that isn't necessary, excuse me, to have that does have that's not necessary. And um, there's a lot of things that, that um, you can pick up when you stop places, Right? Um, how about this? How about your life, your journey as you stop in a, in a myriad of relationships and a myriad of experiences? You pick up things. You pick up baggage. Mm, hello. And so we read about in this story that by their own hands, they got rid of those weights, those things that easily beset them. And they lightened the load. They got rid of everything that wasn't, that they didn't have to have, that wasn't a necessity. All the, all, the, all the valuables, all the things that, that they didn't have to have to make it through. See, there's, there's only a few things you need, to, you need to have when going through the storm, and it's not Netflix. It, it's not your binges. It's not your addiction. It's not your crutches. It's not the thing that helps you cope. It's not video games. It's not, it's not just distractions, my God. It's not just church. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you need to get rid of church, but I'm, I'm saying that we have to prioritize the way that we, we do things in life, especially when we're going through storms. You have to be meticulous. You have to be careful. We need to reevaluate what's going on. And the storms help us do that. There's a purpose to your storm. And so uh, it, it's so important that we get rid of every single thing that would, try to, um, that would try to weigh us down. Hebrews 12.1 says this. This is the Amplified now. Therefore then, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth that God is faithful, hello, that he's going to do what he said he's going to do, that he's going to deliver you, that his promises are true, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance. Come on, somebody help, help me out. Let us what? Let us strip off and throw off. Throw out. Let's get rid of everything. That would weigh us down. Every encumbrance, unnecessary weight. I love that this translation says it that way. Let us get rid of, this is Hebrews 12, 1 in the Amplified. So I'm going a little bit too fast for them back there today. I apologize, guys. Let us get rid of those things that would easily encumber us. It goes on to say this, that sin, which is so readily and deftly cleverly, deftly cleverly, it's funny how the things that we think are necessary aren't necessary. And the storms help reveal that to us, but we have to be paying attention. I know, I know it's easier to lay in bed. I know it's easier to eat that sweet. I know it's easier to, to gossip, to complain, to whine. All right now, we're getting into your business now. But the reason we can't do this is because it entangles us. And you have to realize that, that when, when you get entangled, right? We're on a ship and things start getting underfoot. You get tied up, weighed down. You, you trip and you fall. And what happens then? The waves and the wind, they crash on you. What do you think is the most important thing that you do when you go through a storm? What, what, what do we need to hold on to? It's that place that God's brought us to. How do we hang on there? Yes, you've got to use those anchors that God gives you. And I want to talk to you about those anchors here in just a moment. But there's just a couple of things I want you to think about otherwise when it comes to throwing off weights. Two things. The number one thing I want you to really focus on getting rid of is unforgiveness. 
I really believe that God is speaking to uh, some of you, many of you here today, maybe watching online, and there's unforgiveness in your heart. The Bible says this in Ephesians 4.32. This is the passion now. But instead, be kind and affectionate towards one another. Verse 31 talks about um, how some different things can take place. And I don't need to go into detail about how we can not be nice. But it says, but instead, come on now, be kind and affectionate towards one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Anybody? Hallelujah. Come on. That's a reason to shout about right now. Hallelujah. Come on. Has God graciously forgiven us when you didn't do anything to deserve it? You're shouting sweet, guys. Come on. Has God done anything? Has he graciously forgiven you? Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. You ought to praise like it's true, like your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Okay. Then graciously forgive one another. Okay, I see. Here's what it is. This is so important that we constantly and continually come back to the revelation and the truth that is that God has graciously forgiven each and every single one of us. I get it. I don't like forgiving people that, that are in the wrong. You can, you can ask me, uh, you can ask my wife. We had, we had some fun this morning. But you know what? When it comes down to it, it's not about what, what he deserves, what she deserves. Oh, I'm, uh, uh-huh. It's not about what they deserve. My, my, my. If any of us got what we deserve, we'd all be going to hell in a handbasket. Boop. Get the boot. But the truth is that God did graciously forgive each and every single one of us. And so it is a command from the Lord that we should graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love, not when we feel like it, not when they deserve it, not when they've said, I'm sorry, not when you made them wait it out. Okay, the number two thing that you need to throw off is your expectations. And I know this is a heavy one for a lot of people. A lot of people going through life looking at, looking at the way things ought to be. And you're thinking, oh my God, again. Like literally like, God, why? But I'm telling you, life is never gonna be the way you expect it. And, and, and maybe you're here this morning, you're thinking, man, the way that I grew up, man, there were some, there were some expectations that I had that, man, just really left me feeling disappointed in the way that I thought God was going to show up. Maybe you've been going through a storm. Maybe you're in a, a, a valley of, of deep darkness right now. And your expectations were that you didn't have to go that way. Lost a loved one. I don't, I don't know what it may have been for you, but I encourage you in, in the story of your life. Come on, somebody say, my life. My life. This is, it can't be about he or she or them or they. I just need you to, I just need you real quick. You and the Lord right now. Let's just internalize, let's just be present with God. And if there's, if there's expectations that you have on God, I, need, I just need you to remove those weights. I need you to take them by your own hands and just throw them off. Get rid of them. Give them your unforgiveness. Come on. I believe there's freedom in the room if you're willing to get rid of those weights, but you gotta do it by your own hand. You gotta give those things to God. Because I, I believe this. I believe that as we go through the storms and we get rid of each and every single one of those things, I believe that it's, then that God is able to pull us closer. You're constantly holding on to the things that, that, that God has already gotten rid of. How do you think it just doesn't go together? We can't be, it's not that God doesn't want to be close to us. It's not that he's stopped pursuing us, but you're holding on to things that are dragging you down. I mean, that's literally what the verse says. And I, and I, I realize I've been there through it. I remember when, when mom, mom was going home and um, I was in the parking lot, Starbucks, just 
praying and I really felt like the Lord said it, you know, is it really my will you're seeking? Are you really willing to let go of what you want for what you think should happen? And since then, it's, it's been a near and dear scripture, uh, Matthew 6, 10 in the Amplified, your kingdom come, your will. Somebody say your will. Your will be done. Are, are you here to accomplish your will? And, you, and this is the way my life's supposed to be, so bless it, God. Come on over here, God. This, this is how things are supposed to be. Or are you willing to let go? Let it go, let it go. Let go and let God, baby. Come on. And then uh, Matthew 16, 24, in the Passion, Jesus says this, if you want to be my disciple and follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your life, and you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. The cross represents a life of surrender, a life of laying your own expectations down. My friends, I get it. Life is not comfortable following Jesus. But you know, as you go through these storms, it just becomes a whole heck of a lot easier when you throw these weights off and you say, you know what? I'm gonna let go, God. I'm gonna let you have control. Would you do that this morning? Would you let God have his way in your life? Because the reality of this, reality of, of it is, one of the other realities, is that when you are weak, God is strong. When you let go and you, and you and, and just come on, just see yourself letting go and falling back into his arms. Letting go, God, like, this is scary. I get it. But I believe when, when you trust him wholly and completely, it is then that we truly become strong, a dependency upon something greater than ourself. And I am uh, getting towards closing, but you can give me just a, a few minutes here, guys. There's another story um, about uh, from, from an author pretty widely known named Max Lucado. And uh, this guy tells a story about his son living um, on a houseboat down in Miami. And this is back uh, in 1979. So it's been many, many years now. And this story is, um, takes, time, uh, takes place during uh, hurricane season, wouldn't you know it? And um, Hurricane David is rolling in to the Gulf at this point. And they are not experienced fishermen whatsoever, just college students living on a houseboat, hanging out, having fun, just a bunch of dudes. But they don't want to lose their house. And so, man, they batten everything they can down. They apparently tie the ship to itself as well as to posts and trees and anything that can be attached to. They have got ropes and wire and string, and it's like this net, uh, this uh, this rope up here. Greg, what, what are you doing with this thing, anyways, man? It's like all tangled up. But it happens as as they're doing this, and they're you know scratching their heads, trying to wonder you know what else they can tie down. Popeye walks by, or at least I imagine him this way. Uh, leathery skin. And dark, of course, too. You know, he's a, he's a seasoned, he's a veteran. And he said, he said uh, that thing's going to get torn to pieces if you do it like that. And, of course, they are um, looking for help at this point. They said, well, what should we do? He said, you need to take four anchors and take them to the deepest place you can and drop them there he said your only hope is to anchor deep and to close I want to give you these really quickly four anchors that you and I need to drop down deep in other words let these be the corner posts to where you stand as you go through the storm as you head into a storm Maybe, maybe your life right now 
isn't in a storm, but I believe that you can see that these anchors have helped you get to the place that your life is today. Number one, the anchor of purpose. Jeremiah 1.5 talks about how before we were formed, God knew us. He set us apart for his purposes. And so the number one anchor you need to drop deep is the anchor of purpose that God made you, that you are here for a reason, that this is not an accident that maybe you're listening in online today. Hold on to the hope that God has purpose. He does everything with purpose. Focus on what's ahead of you. Focus on what's to come. Focus on the glory that is in obedience of following Jesus, a life that is submitted and surrendered to, to Christ. The hope that is revealed, that as we draw strength from Him, we exude everywhere we go the fragrance of Jesus Christ being our Lord and our Savior, which is not just, it's not just something that sounds good. It's a truth. One day, every knee will bow. One day, every tongue will confess. Will you do it now? There's purpose in your pain. Number two, there's the anchor of courage. And courage doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that there isn't devastation. It doesn't mean that that there aren't storms. I believe that courage is finishing the race. Even if sometimes you're in last place, finish strong, folks. I, I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what storms you've been going through. I don't know how, how it feels to be you, but I believe God is calling you upward and onward. He's saying, take heart, take courage. Take, take that anchor of purpose. Take that anchor of courage. Hold on to that facet. Focus on what's ahead of you. Focus on what's important. Focus on where I'm calling you. This is a sad anchor, but an anchor nonetheless. It gets the job done. And I thank you, Greg, for bringing this rope and anchor for me. Come on, don't you love the Hubbards? If you don't know them, if you don't love them, it's because you don't know them. And if you, and you should get to know them. So wave your hand at them, mama. There she is. Okay, the number three anchor is worship. Hallelujah. We're going to worship in just a moment. I know we already worship for an hour almost. But I believe there's, there's something that takes place in worship. I believe there's a lot of things that take place in worship. And I believe that something that's so important for you is that you learn to worship where you're at. Worship is not about feeling. It's certainly not, a, it's certainly not whining. I like to say it this way. You may feel like you're surrounded, but I know something otherwise. Those who are with us are far greater than those against us. And we have a reason to praise. We have a reason to worship. And it's because our God is victorious through it all. Our God is not just not just going to win the battle. He's won the battle once and for all. He's sitting on, on the seat, the throne. He is victorious. And this worship helps bring that reality into where you are. It helps bring into reality what is in heaven. I, I believe that, yes, one day we will be in heaven. One day heaven will come to earth and we will be together with him forever. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that one day that's going to come. But right now, it doesn't always feel like that. And so it's so important that our worship is louder than, than what we are going through. Learn to worship. Learn not to whine. Remember that it may feel like you're surrounded, but you, we are surrounded by so many, so many more. We're surrounded by the Lord himself. It is the Lord that is, that is praying over you, that is singing over you, that is declaring breakthrough over you. He's given us his spirits. And the last anchor 
that I believe we need to hold on to is the anchor of church. And I don't just mean going through the motions, folks. I don't just mean when it's easy, when life is normal, when it's comfortable, that we ought to be holding on to the anchor of the church. Can you do something for me really quickly? Can you remember that you are the church? Say, I'm his body. Come on, check out your, check out your hands, check out your fingers, check out your limbs. Look at, look at the people around you. We are all part of the same body. We're connected. Do you not know that, that your life, you do a whole lot better when you're connected to the other parts of your body? Have you ever tried to walk without your toes? How about walking without your feet, without your legs? Have you ever tried to pick stuff up with your elbows? I want you to think about this, how you're connected to other people in our body. Or maybe how you're not connected, but you need to be. And I encourage you that this anchor of church is, is, was established and is established by our Lord and Savior. And it's not just something for feelings. It's not just something for looks. It's not just a, 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 a competition with the, the guys down the, the road. We're, we're all trying to achieve the same goal and accomplish the same thing. We want to reach the lost. We want to tell other people about the good news, but how can we do that when we're not connected to something that, that can help strengthen you? So I encourage each and every single one of you to hold on to these different anchors. Hold on to the anchor of purpose. Remember that God made you. You have meaning. Hold on to the anchor of courage. Like you can bring, bring them up, but hold on to the anchor of worship. Would you guys stand with us as, as we begin to worship here in a moment? I, I'd like to pray with you guys. I'd like to pray that God would help you become properly anchored. I don't, I don't know what it is in your life that you may be may have been or may want to be improperly anchored. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's government. Maybe it's the economy. Maybe there are things in your life that you need to be holding on, that you're holding on to that you need to let go this morning. But all over this room, why don't you pray with me? Let's bow every head and close every eye. And let's just seek God's will for a moment. I'd like to ask if there is anyone here this morning and, and you'd say looking at your own life that you've been holding on to some things that you shouldn't have, would you lift your hands? I'd like to pray for you. Come on, I'll see those hands. You can put them back down. Maybe you're here this morning. I'd like to pray for you specifically. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, you know what? I'd let go of the most important anchor that is Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I'd like to rededicate my life. I'd like to be born again this morning. I'd like to turn my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you lift your hand this morning? I'd like to pray for you. Come on, I see that hand. If you're online, would you let us know that you need prayer this morning? We'd like to pray for you if you'd like to rededicate your life. Maybe you'd like to be born again for the first time. There's, there's no shame in, in, in doing this wrong because we're all learning. We're all growing. We're all children of God. If you're here this morning and, and You've been improperly anchored. There's areas of your life that you've been improperly anchored. Would you come forward? You raise your hand and you want to receive prayer. Would you come forward? Prayer partners, please come. And while they're coming, can we remain anchored in this thing called worship? Can we live and serve with a spirit of gratitude that God has been faithful to us? Come on, is there anybody here that God's been faithful through, the, through some storms? Come on. We worship you, Lord. If you're here this morning and, and you did raise your hand to receive prayer, come on, come now. If you'd like to rededicate your life to Jesus, come now. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss this opportunity. If you need strengthening in an area of your life, come forward, come now. But for all of us otherwise, let us worship our King. Let us sing praises to Him. God, you're worthy. Come on, just declare by faith. It may not feel good. As they're up here receiving prayer, let's just hold on to this anchor of worship. Let's cast off every weight that so easily besets us.
Oh, Jesus, we worship you. You're worthy, Lord. There's none like you. God, you're the only God. You're the only King. You're our strength. You're our hope. God has given us both this promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us to the certain, into God's inner sanctuary. Come on, let's go into the Holy of Holies. Come on, let's press in. Let's not miss this moment. God, we, have, we may have missed it. God, there are some areas in our life that we need strengthening. But do not leave us the same, God. We need you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, hands lifted up all over this room. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. There's none like you. There's none beside you. Come on, let's declare this by faith. Let's declare this as we battle, as we wage war, as we go through the storm. Come on, we're not going to be shaken as we look to God. You're not going to be put to shame as you put your hope and your trust in Him, the one who cannot be shaken, the one who cannot lie. Come on. He is a firm foundation. His Word is a firm foundation. Come on. By faith, come on, declare that. Oh, I will not. I will put my trust. It's upon who you are, Lord. Come on, I will build my life. Come on, I will build my life. We're going to build our life. We're going to build our families. We're going to build our homes. It's upon who you are, God. We cannot do this on our own. Oh, Jesus, we trust in you. There is no one like you. Come on. There's none beside you. Oh, come on. Ask him. Open my eyes. I want to have wonder in who you are, God. Open my eyes, God. Fill them with wonder. Fill us with wonder, Lord. Who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those. I know there's several people that are down here uh, praying. I'd just like to pray for you guys one last time. I believe that so many of us can get caught up in, in the motions and uh, we get focused on the wrong thing. I know this is true for me as I, I'm in ministry, but if you're in a place right now where you'd like to just come back to what, what's, what really matters, would you just lift up your hand right now? Maybe you feel like you've been distracted by life's many worries and you feel like you, you've, you've lost some hope. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what? I, I want to become a soul winner. 
I want to reach the lost. I want a fervor and a passion. Is that you this morning? Is there anybody here who'd say, that's my prayer? Can we just by faith start to sing this out again? Holy God, there's no one like you. Come on, if that's your prayer, open up my eyes, God. Fill them with wonder. To those, come on, to those around me. Holy God. Holy, there is, come on. There's no one like you, Lord. Come on, declare it by faith. Open up my eyes, God. Come on, begin to thank him now. Come on, begin to thank him. Come on, he's showing you. Come on, that's it. Raise your voice. Raise your hands. Come on, to those around me. To those around me. To those around me. Come on. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, to those around me. Just you and him right now. Nobody looking around. Just to you. You and him to those around you. Lead us to those around you, us, Lord. Lead us to those around you. Let us have deep, burning passion and conviction for the lives of those around us, Lord. Come on, if that's your prayer, I need you to lift up your hand all over this room. I saw you guys. You're hungry. You have a passion. You want conviction for this. Let's cry out for that this morning. Let's cry out for that. God, light us on fire. Let us be so anchored in you that we're not concerned about our life, that we'd be like Paul and we say, I know that I'm making it through this storm, that I can be concerned about the people around me that may be sinking. Oh, Lord, let that be true for each and every single one of us. Come on, if that's you, with hands lifted right now, we surrender, God. We bow to you. Lord, we reverence you. We're not missing this moment. We're not missing this opportunity because, God, we know we have an assurance and a hope that, God, you've rescued us. You can't lie. Our life is anchored in these things that matter the most. To you, God, to worship, to a life that's poured out to you, God. Now, don't leave us the same, Lord. Fill us back up. Come on, is that you out here? If you need prayer, don't leave the same today. If you want your fire return, if you want a renewed passion, a renewed conviction, a, a hope return to you. May you, maybe you've been stripped of hope because of your expectations. You need to repent right now. You need to get right with God for telling him the way that he he should have treated you for the way things should have gone. He still wants to use you. He can still use your life. There's nothing too dirty for God. Let's sing that out one more time. yeah all over this room and I will build my life you love to those around us and I will build my life come on let's tell them Lord we're going to build our life you might ought to just grab the hand of somebody next to you especially if you're with your family we're going to do this together guys it's okay sometimes we get it wrong that's okay grab that hand squeeze it, reassure them. We're going to get through this together. I will build my life. I will build my trust. Just the voices.
Thank you, Lord. Come on, just tell them. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on. Let thanksgiving emerge from your lips. Come on, tell them. If you don't know what else to say, you ought to just tell them. Thank you, God, that you see me. God, thank you that you know me. Thank you, Lord, that you're with me. Come on. Thank you, God. By faith, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You're going to see me through this. Come on now. Thank you, God. You're going to see my family through this. Come on. Thank you. You're going to see my marriage through this. Come on. Thank you, God. You're going to see our finances through this. Come on, God. Thank you that you've got me covered. Come on. Thank you. Let it, let Thanksgiving continue to rise in this place. Come on. Thanksgiving says, I believe this is true. Thanksgiving says, I know. I know. I have a hope. I have an assurance. God, thank you. Thank you, God. Come on. Thank you, God. Come on. Thank you, God. Come on, you ought to thank him like you got the breakthrough. You ought to thank him like you got the money that you need. You ought to thank him like your marriage isn't on the rocks, like your relationships aren't on the rocks. You ought to thank him like there's salvation that's come to your household, to every single member. God, thank you that you're watching over my kids while they're still out there. God, thank you that you care about my grandkids. God, thank you. Hey, thank you, God. Come on, it's in Thanksgiving. Oh, there's power in Thanksgiving. There's breakthrough in Thanksgiving. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. We praise you, God. Hallelujah. You're so faithful. You're so good. All right, my friends. Let's go love God. Love. Oh, no, that was weak. Come on. Let's go. Love God. Love people and lead well. You guys are dismissed. Have a great week. I love each and every single one of you.